0: you discuss hip-hop's origins with your teen? What are the chances your son or daughter has been approached by a sextortionist online? Have you seen or experienced TikTok's bold glamour filter? I'm Ann Coleman, attorney turned parent educator and mom to a kid that struggled during his teen years. And you're listening to Speaking of Teens, a twice-weekly science-informed podcast that helps you better understand, relate to, and parent your teen without the conflict. Welcome to our weekly bonus episode. If you're tuning in for the first time today, we do two episodes a week, Tuesdays being the deep dive into a single subject, and Fridays, I'll give you the brief version of some of the latest issues that impact you or your teen. So can you discuss hip hop's origins with your teen? Maybe you're thinking, why would I want to? Well, because if your teen is interested in something, and if they are interested in hip hop, the more you know about it, the better. If you familiarize yourself with their interests, it gives you the ability to actually talk about what they enjoy. Those moments you miss with your teen that you wish they would talk to you, you can do something about that. Learn about the things they're interested in, whether you're interested in them or not. You don't want to sound like a walking encyclopedia of Fortnite or Taylor Swift or whatever, but the more you can acknowledge that what they like has merit to you and that you think it's worthy of their attention, the more connected you'll become. Your dislike of their passions will drive you apart it makes them feel like you think they're stupid. So show them you appreciate their passions and want to learn more. So here's a good start, a little hip-hop origin story. The Bronx, New York, a community formed in the diversity of its working class. But beginning sometime around the middle of the 20th century, the Bronx started getting the short end of the stick. Redlining political districts, urban renewal schemes, highway development turned the Bronx into a huge stretch of abandoned and burned-out apartment buildings where gangs made their presence known and resources like sanitation, police, and firefighters were sorely lacking. The Bronx of the early 1970s had the highest rate of poor families in the entire state of New York. But it was in that devastated environment that teenagers and young adults had to invent their own fun. Block parties with music and DJs. In rec rooms and asphalt pads between high-rises, a park they called it, these kids got together and through their love of the beat and the desire to keep the party going, they invented hip-hop, although it wouldn't be called that for years to come. A fellow named DJ Herc, who had immigrated to New York from Jamaica when he was just a kid, he was at the center of this musical revolution. Herc was an avid music fan, all types of music, and he had this sound system with these giant speakers and two turntables. He noticed that the crowds loved to dance and would go crazy when he played the drum solos or rhythm section interludes from the funk and the soul records. Herc called these the breaks. So he wanted to keep this part of the song going because it got everyone so jazzed up. But they were usually really short. So he had these two turntables. So he decided he'd play the break from this record over here. And as soon as it stopped, he'd have the other record queued up on the other turntable and play it. And while it played, he'd queue up another one on the first turntable and so on and so on. People would go completely wild, and they eventually came up with their own dance style to these breaks. Can you guess what it was? Break dancing. Yeah, you've probably seen it. And as these parties went on into the night, Herc and his friend, Coke LaRock, would start talking over the beat of these breaks. They'd shout out to their friends in the crowd, do these little rhymes that turned into more rhymes. Rhymes. He influenced all these other kids with those two turntables, and it just started spreading. And that's how rap, later hip-hop, was born. What are the chances your son or daughter has been approached by a sextortionist online? A couple of weeks ago, in the newsletter, I mentioned an article I read in the Washington Examiner about Gen Z and sextortion. The article cited a study published by Snapchat's parent company, Snap, along with the We Protect Global Alliance. This study revealed that 65% of teens and young adults have been the subject of sextortion scams. What? That's right. Let's back up. We Protect Global Alliance is actually a global organization that consists of 101 governments, 65 private sector companies, 92 civil society organizations, and nine intergovernmental organizations. Among those 65 private sector companies are tech giants. And as We Protect says, these alliance members are, quote, working to help limit the negative impact of their creations and ensure future advancements cannot be used to sexually exploit and abuse children. Close quote. That's what it says. You'd recognize almost all the members here. Google, Apple, Amazon, Adobe, Dell, Dropbox, Pinterest, Meta, Snap, all of them. Jacqueline Boucher is a board member at WeProtect and is also the global head of platform safety at SNAP, Inc., and she wrote the press release about the study. Now, the study has not actually been released in full yet and won't be until February on Safer Internet Day 2024, but in the press release, we get the basic numbers. The study surveyed over 6,000 adolescents across Australia, France, Germany, India, the U.K., and the U.S. And what they found, at least in my opinion, is stunning. 65% of those kids said that either they or a friend had been the target of a sextortion scheme. Now, this is not on just Snapchat. This is on any platform or any type of device like phones, computers, or game consoles. Here's how it happens. They were either catfished by someone pretending to be their age where they talked them into sending a sexually explicit or naked photo, or their photos and or personal information was hacked, and then they were threatened with exposure if they didn't pay up. These low-life scum threatened kids with social annihilation, sending photos to family members or posting to social media unless they send gift cards or money, more pictures, videos, or access to other personal information or online accounts, and some even try to force them to meet up for sex. It's terrifying. Just recently, the FBI posted a warning about this issue amid several suicides linked directly to sextortion. Of the kids who were targets of sextortion in this study, about 30% had given out personal information, and around 31% had shared an intimate or explicit photo of themselves. Only 38% said they hadn't shared any of these things, so they'd been approached, but the scam didn't work with them. We've got to educate our kids more about these types of scams. The only good news here is that almost 6 out of 10 of these kids did reach out for help, either to a friend, a parent, or other trusted adult. And half of them reported it to the platform, to the police, or a helpline. Other action they took included blocking the scammer, added account security, or close their accounts altogether. The majority of these who were targeted were boys. 56% were boys. It's time to have yet another discussion about hooking up with strangers online and talking to them or sending pictures. You can learn more by listening to episode 32 and 33 and even 34 about cyberbullying. But go back and listen to those episodes and you'll know more about what to do exactly. Snap says, at least on their site, They have in-app blocking and reporting tools and have a sextortion specific reporting tool in the app as well. If you go under the reporting menu for nudity or sexual content, you can click they leaked or are threatening to leak my nudes. So that's a good thing at least. But what does it do? Will it stop the leak if they've already handed over the nudes? Will the kids trust that it will stop? Snap also says they're adding episodes to their Safety Snapshot series. I'll have the link where you're listening in the show notes. These episodes cover sexual risks and harms, sextortion, sexting, sexual grooming, and sex trafficking. That's all great, but I can't help but sitting here thinking we would not need all of that if these freaking platforms didn't exist and make it so easy for this crap to happen in the first place you talked to your kids about TikTok's bold glamour filter yet? Have you seen this thing? Oh my god, it's apparently AI produced, so there are no glitches in it at all. And it looks completely real, just like all these plumped up lip people, <laughs> YouTube people making videos. It's insane. And if especially your girls are too fooled by this, they will start thinking everyone just looks this way. It's a dangerous road to go down. Even trying it themselves can make them feel pretty dang bad about the way they look in real life. Have a chat, watch a YouTube video about it together. I have one for you in the show notes. The link is right there in the description in your app. It talks about social media, dysmorphia, and how these filters are damaging us psychologically. I've also shared another good article with links to different celebrities showing what they actually look like without filters. Very interesting. I may have to actually devote a whole show to this issue. All right, that's it for the Speaking of Teens bonus episode today. The link for the show notes is again right there in the episode description where you're listening, along with links to all of our free parenting guides. Thanks so much for being here today. Please join us in the Speaking of Teens Facebook group for support and actionable advice to your specific parenting issues from me and other parents who may have already achieved what you're struggling to achieve. The link again is right there at the very bottom of the show description in your app. Speaking of Teens is sponsored by NeuroGility.com, where I help parents build stronger relationships and decrease conflict with their teens. Our producer and editor is Steve Coleman, researched, written, and hosted by me, Ann Coleman. See you next week.